Hey, y'all, how are we doing? Shout out to Bear Nation for tuning in for another episode of The Bear Necessities of Entrepreneurship, a podcast for the entrepreneur-minded, created by entrepreneurs, discussing the real stories that give you the tools to overcome challenges and stay true to your real self. As always, I want to give a shout out to our partners over at Finn. Finn is a social good platform that creates employee engagement and builds culture. We've teamed up with Finn to give back to the communities that we serve. For every episode, we will be donating $10 to the cause of choosing by our guest in the Finn platform. Enjoy today's episode. How are we doing, Bear Nation? We are back again for another episode of the Bear Necessities of Entrepreneurship. Today, we're going to be talking fashion and sustainability, and I'm excited to introduce you to our guest, Sylvia Vani, who was born in Tuscany, uh, and then after studying marketing, she began her career in the world of fashion. For her, work moved her first to Milan, then she was in Dubai, uh, then New York City, uh, where one day, opening her wardrobe, the idea of Share My Bag was born. She decided to leave everything in her world of fashion to dedicate herself to a more important mission, and this was to create a new way of experiencing fashion in a sustainable way through her platform that is defined as kind of the Airbnb of fashion. Easy to use, easy to select, and very collaborative. Collaborative. So Sylvia, say hi to Bear Nation for me. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for inviting me. Super exciting being here today. Awesome. Well, we are excited to have you on. And, you know, for the for the listeners, you know, when we talk about, we'll get into this, this story, some of the things um, to know about Sylvia and Share My Bag is, not only um, does she leave kind of the fashion world to start something cool, she's gone through accelerator programs in New York. Uh, and actually, it's how we met. She came through an accelerator called Venture Out. Uh, and I mentored her way, way back when. Uh, she recently just went through the startup boot camp fashion tech edition out of Italy. So coming yeah. up on the tail end of that, scaling and thinking about how to take the business to the next level. She's also United Nations Environmental Program Ambassador. She is a TEDx speaker, so lots of, of really <laughs> cool things that we'll get into today. And you know, I kind of want to start from you know your journey of you working in fashion. What, why, why fashion? What got you into the world of fashion in the first place? Before I even start about yeah. all these other things, like why fashion? What, what drew you to that industry? Yeah, so it's a wonderful question I'm not very uh, often asked about. Um, fashion has always been my passion, to be honest. Since mm -hmm. when I was a, a child, I used to, you know, uh, to draw uh, clothes and accessories. Um, then when I decided what to study, I preferred to study marketing and communication and to have that skills that could allow me to create strategies to communicate mm -hmm. better the world of fashion so I always had the idea to develop my career in the fashion business of course Italy is a great place where to start um, I come from a small town close to Florence where I had a university and I had my first job at Gucci that was a wonderful <laughs> experience then as you said I traveled a lot uh, I changed my job sometime, a few times uh, and also traveling around the world. And this 
something that I recommend to, to everyone uh, to challenge yourself and go out your comfort zone uh, because, you know, traveling, uh, having the chance to exper experience new cultures, new ways to approach also uh, the business, uh, mm -hmm. the job you, you can do in a country or in another one. I think it's very interesting and you learn so much. I would say sometimes even more than what you can study in the books. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, growing up in a small town and kind of just kind of falling in love with fashion kind of drove you to that. But, you know, you said that you went to school and decided to, to study marketing and communications. Yeah. What about what excited you? What, what drew you to the marketing and communication side of business when you were thinking about degrees? Because, you know, we go to college and many people don't know what the hell they want to do. They go to college, they pick a major and sometimes mm -hmm. they stick with it. Sometimes they change and sometimes they don't even know if they like it or not. You know, I went and started an athletic training and then moved over to business and then marketing. So what drew you to the marketing communication side of the business when you were thinking about university degrees? Yeah, uh, it's usually my personality. You know, I, I usually have pretty clear ideas and I'm very determined. And uh, what I always liked about marketing is the combination of um, strategy, but also creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, because, and I've seen this during the years, uh, even more than what I thought. Um, it's a type of business in, um, in a constant evolu evolution. Think about mm -hmm. all the, you know, uh, all the strategies you can create in marketing today with digital. Every mm -hmm. year you have news. <laughs> so in fact, I still study every day to keep updated. Um, so I really like the idea to have the chance to, uh, be able to create strategies uh, to communicate and give more value to a project because mm -hmm. sometimes you have wonderful projects, wonderful brands uh, with a really um, a big value also in terms of um, uh, you know the uh, creation and the artistic part. But yep. sometimes people or entrepreneurs are not able to communicate it properly. Mm -hmm. So they are less strong than other brands or other companies that have less to say. Yeah. So this is something that really um, created a real passion on me. So um, it's it's also the reason why I changed my career from uh, having a corporate job for yeah. one specific brand uh, to going to consultancy. Mm -hmm. uh, because I found it also for myself, for my creativity, I found it very interesting uh, to have the chance to see different projects and to be inspired by each si different situation. Yeah, I love that. And and I, I feel that it's kind of why I got into that, that marketing background as well as, you know, marketing itself is kind of boring. And the fact that it's, you know, we still use the five forces model and the four P's yeah. and all that stuff. When you think about it from a theory perspective, but when you put it into practice, marketing communication is fun because you get to think yeah. of all kinds of amazing ways to tie the why and the core messages and your core beliefs into how you go about speaking things into existence for a company, which I find extremely enlightening and fun to do. And so I'm guessing you're the same way when you think of marketing and communications and then coming to, you know, share my bag and thinking about its core mission. And yeah, so, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, you know, we had this like career where after college you had Gucci and you traveled and you did 
you're a precious metal buyer and you went and did event <laughs> management and, you know, brand management and you're kind of doing all these different things for these amazing companies. And you kind of sat to this point where you, you know, you opened up your closet and just like, I have this idea. So I know yeah. that we all talk about like, you know, there's this like big idea moment. And it's, I don't think it's any one major thing. It's kind of a collection of things. So what was it like, you know, where did this idea and mission start driving from and, and, and how to tell, talk with that decision to be like, you know what, I'm leaving the corporate world. I'm leaving stability for starting my own company. Walk yeah. me through that process and, and how long did that take? And like, what were the, the factors that led you into that? Yeah, to be honest, it was a, a surprise for myself too, because I never planned uh, to become an entrepreneur, to open my own company, an innovation, uh, an, inno an innovation company, uh, so an innovative startup as uh, Share My Bag. But as you said, one day I, you know, I just opened my wardrobe. Uh, we were saying my fashion has always been my fashion. So I was one of the people that used to buy a lot. Yeah. I used to do a lot of shopping, especially when I, I was living in New York. I had my marketing job for big brands. So I always wanted to be on trend for the business meetings, uh, big events I, um, I had to organize for them. But then one day I opened the wardrobe, it was full of things. But at the same time, I had this feeling like I had nothing to wear. So I thought, okay, there must be something wrong in this. Yeah. So um, it was not something immediate. In the next days, I started thinking, thinking like, why do I feel like this? There, there must be something wrong in the way we approach fashion, the way uh, we consume fashion, you know, as consumers. And yeah, from that day, everything changed because I couldn't uh, ignore, ignore this, uh, this feeling, the idea, this idea that I had. So basically my idea was, okay, I, I was living in Brooklyn. I would like to, uh, I'm in Brooklyn. There are thousands of girls around me uh, that maybe have something I'm, I may need uh, mm -hmm. in their wardrobes. I would like to take a look at their wardrobes and see what, what they have that I yeah. could borrow for one day or that specific event. I made some searches. I saw that there were some platforms for fashion rental, but uh, it was more like Rent the Runway, that is, of course, a huge company mm -hmm. in the US. But it's, um, it's not an open wardrobe for women, so where women can rent out their own clothes and accessories. Yeah. And this is a way to create a value to what you already own. Um, this is the reason why we, we are defined as the Airbnb of fashion. Mm -hmm. The concept is exactly the same, but, but for fashion. Yeah. So at that point, the mission was so important for me that um, I don't know if I was crazy or brave, but I decided <laughs> to, to quit my, to leave my job because of course was very busy. I didn't have enough time to develop another company and I dedicated myself to, to share my bag. I love that. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny because when you think about that, I think we all have that feeling of, um, at least I do anyways, I look at my wardrobe all the time and I hate half the, like 90% of the stuff in there I don't ever wear. Like I get it, I wear it once and then I'm like, ah, no. And I realized that I only wear about 
five percent of my my wardrobe anyways yeah and you know i always feel like i buy stuff because oh i think i'll look good in that or i think i'll like that or yeah. whatever and i don't and then it's just wasted space and i think that I man that's part of like the fashion industry right like you know this is why you put everything on sale it's like oh i gotta buy it because it's on sale now i don't need it i don't know if i have the right clothes to go with it right but I'm going to buy it anyways. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Like, it's a good deal. And I think that's really, yeah, I think also the, the consumer mindset of, of fashion, of just how we look at buying what we need and what we would wear versus buying things to, to buy things that are on trend yeah. or whatever would, would be a big, I think a big step in the right direction just from the consumer side. And, and then not only this, I love this idea of like sharing, right? We have, we, we live in a sharing economy. We're sharing share homes and Airbnb. Everything. We share cars yeah. with Truro and blah, blah car. We couch surfing. We share our couches. We share everything intimate with ourselves. I mean, our, our homes and our cars, why not our clothes? And so I think that's such a cool yeah. idea. So I know though, too, if I'm not mistaken, this isn't your first, you know, first entrepreneurial journey. You had another co-founder stint uh, for a company that you built for three years. How, when you decided to leave and do, this for you, like this, this new thing with this passion and innovation around fashion versus when you had, um, Hita lab, which did you attack that differently? Did you like, Oh, I've done this once I could do this again. Or were you, did you look at it differently by being a two time founder? And did that experience help you guide you or make you like more confident in your second go around as a founder? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. It was an experience that was useful, uh, you know, to have an idea of how you find, how you create a startup, how you face uh, a world of innovation, uh, how you have to, uh, you know, create your own brand identity and to to have um, a presence in the market. But with sharing my bag is very different because it's something that came from my from myself, like uh, a mission that I strongly believe is um, is useful in the fashion uh, business. So I think that I'm driven by a much bigger motivation. Yeah. So the, the the other company was uh, something created with a couple of friends, uh, but then, um, you know, our vision uh, after a while were pretty far, so I decided um, to focus more on Sherman Bag and to uh, to live that experience because Sherman Bag, I know it's... Uh, um, a very big project. I want it to be international, uh, really as Airbnb. I just, I don't want it to be just a service or a website. It must be a new way to approach fashion. So I really uh, see, and I think it's very important to underline what you were saying about fa uh, about fashion shopping. So sometimes you need, you buy something, or not sometimes, very often, you buy something <laughs> not because you need it. I think we all have uh, enough clothes to cover <laughs> us to yeah. go out. But of course, um, you think you may look great with that um, outfit or is that store window that 
invites you invites you to to buy that new trend and this is a big part of the problem so another reason why uh, we try to work hard i collaborate with the united nation for example with fashion revolution because i think that we have to work also on the origin of the problem and try to give a message in to the consumers that um the market has to change because of course um Problems like these, like the overconsumption in fashion, they were created by fast fashion, by the idea that we are um, wearing uh, trendy clothes for a fraction of the of the price because you know it's cheap, so you can afford every month to buy something new uh, because the you know the jacket you see in a window maybe will be there just for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Then there will be a new trend. I remember when I was a teenager, uh, I used to walk in the city center of my town and I used to fall in love with that uh, dress in the window of a store and waiting for sales to buy it. But now it's impossible after two weeks, one month, that uh, dress, that jacket will not exist anymore. There will be a new trend out. You have to, you know, you have to follow. Basically, you have to follow the trends uh, and it's too fast. There is yeah. an overconsumption. And, uh, of course, this has a big impact, uh, not just in the consumer, but also in the planet. Consider that fashion industry is the second most polluting one. Yeah. And I'm really glad that during the year of COVID, uh, I was surprised there was a big change in the way it is communicated. So also big brands, they tried to start this process to become more sustainable and the media, all the fashion system created more awareness uh, mm-hmm. also for the consumers. So I really work every, every day, uh, not just to develop and promote Share My Bag, but also to educate the consumers to bo- go back to a, another approach with fashion, to understand that fashion is hard. It's something that um, has a creation process mm-hmm. behind it. So there is a value we have to be open to pay. So what we say is buy less, be more aware of what you really need and what you need to buy, buy less and rent more. So that dress, accessory, jacket you need for that event, maybe you can rent it for that night yeah. because you will use it just once or you know maybe a few times. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important to think about. We buy something for one-time use and then what do we do with it afterwards right versus like can we rent it for that one-time use and then not have to worry about it in fact it's funny um my wife is going to a bachelorette party and the bachelorette party like they're they had this thing they want to theme one night it's like i think it's like wear something pink and my wife doesn't wear pink like that's just not no she's you know she's a new yorker you know new york black a lot of black a lot of black in our wardrobe right (laughs) you're you're walking around everywhere it's hot in the summer like you're gonna sweat you you just covered up wearing a lot of blacks and grays um and so you know she was looking around all the shirts like i have to buy something pink and it's like what am i gonna do with it after i was like well well obviously gonna donate it somewhere so that somebody else can use it um but just that she's like i don't want to have to buy something for one-time use yeah. Like, why, why is there a better solution? Yeah. Right. And it's funny that she's yeah. asking, like, well, actually, <laughs> I know a better solution. I have friends that run companies like this. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I think this is a really interesting time because I know everyone out there listening in Bear Nation probably is like, 
I fucking know what you're talking about. Like this, we've all been there. And so I love that, that message, right. Of buy less, rent more and starting to think more about, okay, what things do you want in your wardrobe is your staples? And then what can you rent to like have a little fun or like try something out or whatever. I think that's also cool. Cause we, a lot of times we buy and then return, buy, return, buy, return, yeah. try it on. It's like, that's not helpful because once you return it, like what is what do I do with that? It comes doesn't go back into resale as a new product because it's been bought and used. And so I think there's a lot of things that we just need to think about in that process. Um, that's and I think this is a really cool education piece. You talked a lot about education, so I kind of want to talk about you know what is the mission and purpose of Share My Bag. So for you, you know, we obviously know that you want to talk about fashion sustainability and innovation. What is the mission and the purpose of this company? Like when you think about it and sit back and like, yeah, this is what it's about. What is that? Okay, sorry, I lost you. Um, yeah, so Sherman Bag has a big mission that is to create a new approach to fashion uh, through sharing. So women have to, because we are starting with a female uh, target, uh, but we will open also to men and um, also kids wear. Um, women have to start thinking about what they have in their wardrobe as a value. They have the chance to give a longer life cycle and a longer life value to each clothes and accessories they mm -hmm. already own. So our mission is to reeducate in this sense, to create a new model, a new consumption model based on rental and sharing. Mm -hmm. And of course, we try to do this also working a lot on the creation of the community. Yeah. Because... Women that are part of Sherma Bag, they have to feel part of something. Yeah. They have to, you know, share the same um, values because yeah. we are talking about values. They are women that, uh, they, you know, some of them, they maybe want to save money and rent something instead of buying because it's, uh, it's cheaper. Uh, some of them want to make money from their own wardrobe and it's fine. And most of them, they want to be more sustainable. So they want to be trendy, but in a more sustainable way. Yeah. And you can do this uh, really easily. So we built a platform where women can create their, um, we say, a kind of digital wardrobe. So post yeah. listings of the clothes they want to share. Um, they have the chance to see, uh, you know, if they look for a bag to rent, they can see on the map what is available around them. Because yep. another part uh, in terms of sustainability in fashion is also the logistic. So we want to give the priority to the idea to rent something from a, another woman from your same city, from mm -hmm. your same uh, neighborhood. Uh, so, uh, of course, then they have also delivery available, but they are all uh, small things that can make the difference. So, you know, I love this idea of community and, you know, obviously we're reimagining the sharing economy and reimagining how we consume, right? It's a different consumption model. Yeah. But community is really important. So when it's you're building it. Yeah. So when you're building this company, right. And, and I know this from talking pre-show and talking in the past, 
building community first, kind of the business second, right? And so, like, you know, on yeah. Instagram, I think Share My Bag has over 20,000 uh, yeah. followers globally, right? And, and you're, you know, there's a lot of great conversation happening. So what, you know, why and how did you go about building community first? Because that was obviously fundamental, as you just said, for your business. Tell me a little bit about why that's fundamental and how did you go about building it? Like, it's not fucking easy, right? I bet no. like, it's like you're building this thing around a business model and not making any fucking money yeah. and being like, ah, this yeah. is entrepreneurship. Like people out there listening, Bear Nation, this is fucking entrepreneurship. Sometimes you have to do things. It's always the chicken or the egg. And we're going to get into funding later because we're going to get to, there's some things that she's doing right now. There's always this chicken and egg approach. And, you know, I wish I could give you the easy answer. At the end of the day, traction rules all, right? Plain and simple. Yeah. And so if Sylvia is sitting there, you know, she's, she's going to talk, we're going to talk, we're, the reason I asked this question, I want to preface this is that, you know, Sylvia's left a big corporate job. She worked at companies like Q, QBZ, Gucci, uh, some other amazing brands. She got to live in New York City. In Brooklyn, by the way, shout out to Brooklyn. Yeah. What part of Brooklyn were you in again? Because I'm in Crown <laughs> Heights now. In Bed Stuy. Bed Stuy. Okay. I'm, like I'm just on the border, so I'm you know North Crown Heights, close to Bed Stuy. I was been in there Williamsburg. For a couple of weeks. The yeah. first Airbnb <laughs> when like, I arrived. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I started in Williamsburg, and then we were there for about five years, and then obviously the pandemic. Yeah. You know, Williamsburg's great. So I love Williamsburg, but. Williamsburg's meant to be lived, you know, apartments in Williamsburg are meant to be lived out of. So you're going out all the time. Great when yeah. I was there, pandemic, didn't have a space. So I moved to Crown Heights and I absolutely love Crown Heights. Like my whole street's like all brownstones. Like I ain't rich like that. I mean, I'm in an apartment, I used but like to live the streets. In a brownstone. Yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. Man. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So sorry for going off track, but yeah. we're talking about what, you know, being an entrepreneur. And so, you know, here, here Sylvia is leaving all this behind and leaving stability and cat, you know, money on the table behind to start a business for a passion and a purpose. And the first thing she's doing is one of the hardest things, building community, which honestly is not netting her much money out the gate because she's focusing on community versus product and sales. So talk to me fundamentally, why was it so fundamental and how did you build that community? And what do you think was the hardest part about doing it? And how did you overcome that? It's a great question. And as you said, there is not a magic formula we can rec recommend or suggest uh, uh, because um, I think that the key is to test, to test different ways uh, to build the community and see what is the better way to follow the better strategy for your own business and your own audience because it depends a lot on the target you want to talk to. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in my case, for us in Share My Bag, um, for us, uh, we started and we were doing really great with uh, in-person events. In fact, I organized uh, two events uh, in New York, and I was going to um, do the first event in Italy, in Milan, but then the pandemic <laughs> arrived, so we had to stand by with events. Why events? Because... Um, to build a community, uh, okay, you are a, an online platform, you are creating something digital, but then people, they also need to feel, feel part of something. And what I've seen is that um, they really love 
the fact of uh, knowing the founder of the project. So, uh -huh. okay, it's not a big uh, corporation that is trying to make money from, you know, our wardrobes, but it's another woman yeah. like us. She needed something that actually we also need, okay? So this was the, the process that um, made me realize that uh, women want to be want to be part of it. And so I started to involve influencers and I'm not talking about paid sponsorship by influencers because we couldn't afford it, but um, influencers that wanted to uh, make a step uh, to be more sustainable. And also influencers that add stories to share influencers with a project on sustainable fashion of their own business. So I started with this uh, formula of share my bag events. We can mm -hmm. say with a panel of influencers sharing their experience, why they love sustainable fashion. So, you know, uh, take the chance to during the event, not just to promote share my bag, but also to give interesting topics uh, to our um, users and at that time to, to the women that were joining our group. Um, so this was super, super useful. And what I liked the, the most is that, uh, in that occasion, uh, women living in a big cities like, you know, like New York, uh, they also created friendships or, um, uh, business relations and they're, they are still in touch. So, they write us to know, hey, when will be the next event so we can meet each other again? You know, like if, <laughs> if it's a, a dinner with uh, your best friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I really found it uh, so, so useful. Of course, with the pandemic, we had to stand by with in-person events. But now in Italy, uh, something is moving uh, um, in the right direction to be able to start again with events. So if we will not be able to do it in person, we will organize an online event this year. Another way, another strategy to build the community is for sure the use of social media. Yep. Uh, and especially when you don't have a big budget, you know, to do big advertising, as you were saying, there is a problem of uh, chicken or egg before. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have the money to invest in marketing. So you don't get the traction, but how you can do it. Uh, so in this case, my experience in marketing was fundamental, um, and especially in social media. So we work a lot in the creation of contents that can be interesting for our community. Uh, again, not just talking about share my bag and that's it, but uh, mm -hmm. talking every day about the importance of sustainability, ways to be more sustainable. And uh, also through the social media, we tried to build the community um, you know, uh, creating the interviews, um, with, uh, some influencers, uh, sharing the stories of the members of our community mm -hmm. that maybe are, uh, young women and they are creating their own project. So as you can see, we go over the pure promotion of a service. Yep. There yeah. must be so much more because the community is made of all these things. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, one thing that's amazing is the events and the topic and the conversation, right? And then creating community around like-minded individuals who who want to do better and have an impact. And you think about the millennial and Gen Z generations, right? They want and they, they prove it. They spend their money on companies that make impact. They do things to make impact and they leverage social media way more in their buying decisions. So 
it, it seems only natural to create the community approach first because you know the business model is also meant it's, it's a win-win-win, right? The person gets to rent something for a yeah. night or two to look good. Um, you make money and then the one renting out makes money so they can make money on renting out their clothes and it's like a sharing economy, right? When we think about the whole consumption model of like an Airbnb. So if you don't have the community to do that, yeah, and you don't have the product, the you can't sell. A, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also uh, another important part uh, that is one of the reasons why we decided to uh, invest a lot in the community is also that uh, in sharing economy uh, platforms like Share My Bag or Think About Airbnb or Blah Blah Car, as you were saying, where you stay in the car with people you don't even know, uh, the trust is fundamental. So to create trust, uh, people, they need to be to feel themselves part of something. Yeah. So this is the community. Yeah. And, and it's fundamental. And one of the things that also I think that really is important to look at when you create community and you say the word trust, right? There are tons of amazing apps and, and things out there that were meant to be part of the sharing economy or reselling stuff, all these things that were meant for good. And then it gets weird, right? Craigslist, um, let go, yeah. et cetera. I mean, all these things. One time my, you know, my wife was selling something and was like, yeah, my husband will drop it off. And the guy, the, the person on the other end was like, no, I want you to drop it off. And I was like, that's sketchy. Just like cancel the deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. So when you, you know, it made us not want to use that app anymore. Right. And, and I get mm-hmm. like, there's always yeah. like, there's a lot of good and a few bad apples and the bad ones can make everything worse. But you know, when we think about these, like, what Airbnb and what blah, blah car and what car to go or, Tro have done well is that there is a high level of trust based on the way they built the community, the way they validate all these things. Like, you know, a lot of people know I, I dog sit on Rover a lot. And, you know, Rover has been in the news recently through a few things happening with, you know, some really bad sitters and, 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 and loss of pets. And, you know, I've had these conversations with people that before I even take on a dog, I want to talk to the owner. I want to meet the dog. Like the high yeah. level of trust that has to happen for me to be comfortable having your dog in my apartment for long periods of, of time course. is important. That's the same thing with every community-based app approach. And when people are out there thinking about, oh, let's create a community-based approach, creating this really clearly, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, creating community is fucking hard. Everyone thinks yeah. it's easy. There's it's, all it's types of communities. Journey. It is hard yeah. because yeah. you want to get the right people that put in the right amount of energy and effort and have a high level of trust and that can be broken real easy and so you don't want to build too big too fast you want to bring the right people and it's important like you've done is to get those brand ambassadors those leaders who are going to organize meetups and organize those things with you and on your behalf in different cities and so i think that's a key point for all those out there that that talk about startups like oh we're going to build a community around this and, you know, I talk about the community that Bear Nation's building. And the first episode, I said, I want to be the layover spot, right? I want to be the bridge that you come across. Like, I am like, you come, you be a part of Bear Nation, and then Bear Nation, either myself or the collective group of Bear Nation, starts pairing you off in the communities that and, and places you need to be a part of. I'm not trying to yeah. build this big community for myself of like, hey, let me have this community and everything no, happens here. Sure. It's like, no, let's create a community that that passes to others so you can find your final destination and you can and be a part of that. 
Yeah, so you can I, create value for each other. So, yeah. and this is where, uh, you know, the community really then, uh, has success because people can see this. Absolutely. And that's what I love about what, what you're building and, and how you went about building community. And so, you know, as you're growing and scaling, right? So during the pandemic, we've had some amazing, you know, I think a lot of people were sitting at home doing research and you couldn't go to the store and buy. And you start realizing like how much you buy on a regular basis. And people are like, oh shit, like the money I have still in my account. Yeah. On super <laughs> shit. And we start realizing like this idea of fashion yeah. and, and not, not. So, you know, you're coming out of um, startup bootcamp, fashion tech accelerator, and you've done a lot of work on the business side of things and really looking at the fundraising yeah. side. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs out there, they ask me this all the time, it comes down to, I said this earlier, traction rules all. It's like, do you spend time running the business? Do you spend time fundraising? Because fundraising is a full-time job as well. You have to run yeah. it as a full sales <laughs> funnel. So tell me about how are you, you know, without going too deep into it, but like, how are you approaching this, you know, fundraising process and, 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 and also managing to run the business uh, while also going through this? So just talk to me about kind of that experience and what you're focusing on and how you're splitting up your time. It's a really great question, and um, it's something really challenging, I will be honest, because um, for me, with my background as, you know, a marketing, um, more a marketing professional, this part of business plan, uh, entrepreneur, uh, sorry, uh, investor search, uh, creating the business model, financial model, uh, all these, I really had to study, <laughs> had to study a lot. So the accelerator was useful also to, um, to create uh, more uh, knowledge for myself mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, also from this point of view. Uh, of course, it's challenging to, as you were saying, try to balance uh, the investor search that is really a super intense activity with, uh, you know, uh, let all the other activities go on. So don't forget to, you know, going on with the promotion and marketing side of the project, taking care of the community. Then, of course, I have a couple of collaborators, but, uh, you know, uh, you are the founder, the CEO, yeah. the entrepreneur. So you want to be on everything, especially at yeah. the beginning of, uh, in the initial phases of the, of a startup. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying really my best to, to balance these aspects. Uh, but now I realize that I really need, uh, also some help. So now I'm looking for interns, uh, that really, I'm really happy because, uh, a lot of young uh, women love our project and they'd yeah. love to be part of, some, of something like this. I have a lot of students from university that are mm -hmm. writing their master thesis about sustainable fashion, talking about uh, Share My Bag. Uh, so uh, it's really something I like. So I think that it's important going on in the growth stages of the company to be able to also organize my own work, but also create new figures and new professional figures inside the company. Mm, they have to, you know, uh, have a value, not just yeah. bring value to the company. But uh, for me, I also was an intern in the past. I, I think that it's fundamental also to create a professional path for them where they are learning something. 
So I'm trying also to work uh, on this point of view. So if I can create this structure in terms also of uh, human resources, um, I'm sure that it's easier and stronger the, the growth of the, of the company because now I'm starting to realize that I really have to uh, deal with so many aspects of the business that it's time to uh, yeah. grow the team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and you know, out there, you look at all these big funding rounds, like how do they have time to do it? When you have the right team, yeah, founders can focus on those funding rounds. That's why you see the Series A, yeah. Series B, Series D. But when you're in that pre-seed to seed stage, which... You know, a lot of the companies we talk to are in that seed, pre-seed to seed or seed to Serie A is you're usually a smaller team. So you're doing a lot of everything. And it's important at yeah. some point that you need to bring in help. We don't, you can't yeah. do everything on your own. Yeah. Uh, but it's when do you turn that, pull those levers because cash is, cash is king and cash is usually in short supply early because every money that, and dollar that you make goes into something else to build the business, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's important to be, uh, you know, critical with ourselves as entrepreneurs and uh, to recognize if we are not, um, if we don't have enough time to take care about a part of the company. So at a certain point, uh, okay, it's a kind of our baby, but <laughs> we have to share it yeah. with somebody else to to make it grow properly. Yeah, the hardest thing to do is look in the mirror. And then admit yeah. <laughs> when you need help and bring in that help and give up control. Right. Yeah. You know, Jack Welch used to say, I bring in people smarter than me to run the business that in those specialty areas and they report to me and then I manage the full strategy. Right. You need to yeah, bring those course. people in. Yeah. We, we can't be experts in every, in every area. Uh, yeah. So we try, it's but... to, to be aware of this. Yeah, we try. Of course, we do our best. But And for me to realize this was important to have a kind of summer break, uh, just yeah. a couple of weeks, not a long summer break. But, uh, you know, when you are inside all your daily uh, activities, you you don't see it uh, in, the, in a proper way. So sometimes you have to say, OK, let's stand by for a second. And you can at that time, you can see yourself your work from you know out yeah. of this situation yeah. and you can um understand what is better maybe for yeah um you know to to improve it yeah no i love that sometimes you got to take a step back you know sometimes you don't see the forest through the trees or actually this other one that i heard um when i was on the lead cell girl po uh, podcast eric shared uh you can't see the picture because you're in the frame Right. And sometimes you have to uh, yeah, step yourself back. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that one way better. Exactly. The, the forest between the trees makes sense, but the picture in the frame one just like, yeah. it's kind of like a whole oh, shit moment like that. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. you know, shout out to Eric for giving me that one in my uh, repertoire. Yeah, perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we, as entrepreneurs, we almost feel guilty to take some time off because we say, yeah. oh, no, okay, I can't abandon, I can't stop. But I think it's mandatory to recharge our brain yeah. our ideas and go back to work even more um with more creativity and a better view of the situation absolutely and, and, and it needs to happen on a regular basis it needs to be like an annual thing or a monthly yeah. thing or whatever you know i yeah. went out on a three-day trip out into the mountains with my wife where we had no cell service and it was amazing and i needed that and i hadn't taken any sort of time for myself in the last yeah. two years uh, truly and i was like oh shit like this needs to happen more often for me. Uh, so I get that. 
Um, Sylvia, I've loved talking to you. I know we can go down a million other paths, but yeah. we're at the end of our time. So I want to, you know, kind of get to the final five questions of the, uh, the show. I, I have one bonus question for you. Um, you know, I, my listeners know that I lived in Milan and I yeah. love Italy and spent two years traveling here <laughs> up in Italy. You've lived in Italy, you know, some of your big stops were, you know, Milan, Dubai, New York. Yeah. Uh, you traveled a lot. Uh, What's your favorite city? And if you could move to any city, where would it be? Oh, I, I like my city for me is New York. 100%. Yeah. Um, because I think, uh, so you have to be aware when you live in New York that uh, it's a city that, that gives you a lot, but also takes a lot from you. Okay? <laughs> That's like, for damn example, sure. <laughs> that's like for example time or energy sometimes but uh, i find it so inspiring about living uh, to be honest i'm i created a situation that i really like i appreciate uh that uh you know that was before the pandemic now it's not easy traveling but was living half in italy especially in tuscany in my hometown in the countryside and half time in new york this yeah. was the perfect balance and situation for me because every time I come to New York, I, I find it so inspiring. There is a, you know, a magic energy. Uh, so this is, I think, the best reply I can give. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, for me, it's, um, you know, Rome. I love Rome and oh. would love to be like New York and Rome kind of back and forth. Yeah. Uh, because then like with Rome, you can go to Tuscany really easily. You can go yeah. to the sea really easily. Um, but the yeah, food I mean, is good. Yeah, the food's awesome. <laughs> Cacio e pepe, carbonara. Mm. I mean, I, I miss, I miss Italy. I can't, I can't wait to go back. Um, either that or Barcelona. I love Barcelona too. That was also another amazing place, but wow, uh, yeah, I love it. I also haven't traveled, you know, in Dubai or, or far east. So I still, I don't have that experience yet to like be able to compare against, what yeah, my, my experience is. Yeah, it's an experience uh, you you should do, uh, Dubai in particular. But of course, it's uh, I think it's more an experience living yeah. there. I think living in Dubai is a kind of Las Vegas or you know stuff like this. Not in the sense that uh, you go there to to have games or shows, but in the sense that is uh, a city that was born from the desert. So yeah. uh, you know there is not the so much the cultural and historical yeah. part but it's very fasci fascinating uh so and it's different from the other emirates uh cities because mm -hmm. it's the most open to the western culture yeah. because it's uh 85 percent of the people they are expats yeah. so it's really interesting you find people from all over the world we'll have to check it out um that was the kind of bonus question so you know what what advice, you know, thinking about the, you know, I talk about training leaders of today, but also leaders of tomorrow. So when we think about anybody who has an entrepreneurial mindset, think about being an entrepreneur, whether it's Gen Z, a millennial, or, you know, anybody else, what advice would you give to those thinking about entrepreneurship and our future leaders, our future entrepreneurs of tomorrow? I think that it's fundamental to be very determined, um, to be, you don't have to look for the motivation from somebody else or from the, the context where you live. You mm -hmm. have to find it from yourself and you have to strongly believe in what you do. Uh, 
At the same time, always be open to listen to suggestions and other people's opinion. So you have to find the balance of being, um, you know, very strong and uh, go on with your project. Also, it will, if it will be difficult or not easy at the beginning, uh, because of course, opening a company, being an entrepreneur every day is a challenge. Yeah. But it's a really big growth, not just in terms of business. I think also in terms of uh, of your person, it's a big road because you yeah. will uh, understand also some new uh, parts of your personality that you never experienced before. I love that. Um, so what do you think, you know, kind of coming back to that, it's being brave and understanding that like you need to follow your passion internally, right? You, you, only you can supply yourself, but you need to yeah. also be open and realize that you got to listen to what the world and universe is giving you and develop that. So I love that. What is your superpower? What is mine? Superpower. <laughs> um, I think I'm a good communicator. And uh, that I think that I can communicate in a positive way to, to people and I'm able to, um, you know, to share my motivation, my passion for what I really do. And I think it's important. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something that people tell me, so <laughs> it's not my idea. But I think communication is super important, can help you really to um, create value also from, you know, from um, things that you didn't realize could help you somehow. And um, as we were saying at the beginning, uh, you know, good project, bad communication, um, average project, uh, good communication will be more su su yeah. successful. So uh, let, let's talk about communication, not just in terms of marketing, but also of yourself in terms of person and entrepreneur, because you are the person that represents your company. Yeah. I love so that. I think it's fundamental. <laughs> I think it is too, you know, too many, and this is hard. We have so many entrepreneurs out there that communication is maybe not their number one skill. They're technical, et cetera. When you get to it, you need to understand communication is a big piece of your business. And so having that as your superpower yeah. help. It's also part of why the community aspect of your company was able to be built, um, you know, yeah. very strongly. Yeah. In fact, Maybe in my case, it's part of my personality. So also in my private life, uh, this is the way I am. It's not the same for everyone, but I think also if um, somebody doesn't feel so confident on yeah. communication, you know, you have entrepreneurs, they don't like to speak with people. You have to train yourself yeah. uh, to be more open because yeah. it will be so much useful. Absolutely. Um, what is uh, What is one book? resource show piece of content that people should be looking at especially as it relates to entrepreneurship right now so i would go maybe with a classic one but i recommend the lean startup mm -hmm. because for me it was a kind of uh, day one of my journey in the creation of the startup uh, because for me, it was a complete new world. I just left my job and I, I made some searches and um, asked 
also to some people working in the startup business saying, okay, I want to open my mind to this new type of uh, experience, like opening mm -hmm. a startup. Where do I start from? So for me, it represents, it was the first book I bought, I uh, was in New York uh, to create the basis of my knowledge of uh, the startups. So uh, this is in terms of book uh, for the ones out there that want to start uh, a new project. Then, of course, there are so many resources, resources online, and I think mm -hmm. it's um, so important to keep updated every day. I think I study new things every day. It's so important to, to have a presence uh, yeah. in the market in that sense. I love that. I think that's super, super important. Um And so when, as we look at 2022, I have bonus, one more bonus question. If we look at 2022 and we look at the future of fashion, right? And sustainability and innovation. What is the impact that you not, maybe not, I mean, the company is going to be included in this, but what is the impact that Sylvia wants to make? What do you hope to accomplish or the impact you want to make as we look at 2022 And new trends coming out. We, got, we have the holiday coming up, buying all that. What is the impact that you hope that you can make between now and the start of next year um, as Sylvia? Yeah, I have a um, big goal. <laughs> I, do, I usually don't go with uh, small goals maybe, but <laughs> uh, we have this new uh, project we are working on to mm -hmm. involve also the big brands of fashion. Uh, to be more sustainable and to join Sherman Bag for fashion rental. Mm -hmm. We think it's super important because when we will have also the big fashion brands on board and, you know, joining our community, yeah. this will be also a big message that the fashion system is really doing something to change what is happening uh, in the fashion impact in the environment. I love that. That's cool. I think that's a big, big goal. And also one that is super awesome to go after. I think we need more companies to just make a stand on it. Like people are still going to buy. People still want to yeah. be a part of it, but they want to spend the dollars where impact is made. And so let's make an impact together. And somebody needs to kind of rally that charge. Absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of, uh, of course, we have to be all together in this. It's a process. It's not something we can do from one day to another. And we don't want to say to people, don't buy anymore, because of course, it's natural to, to buy, but just be more aware of what you buy, the values that represents what you are wearing, because maybe you are wearing something from a fast fashion brand that Uh, as, uh, you know, the workers that are unpaid or in bad work conditions. So you really want somebody else to pay the price you don't, you're not paying. Yeah. I think I it's love, important. I think it's very important and I love it. Sylvia, thank you so much for being on. It was so much fun talking and getting thank to you. catch up. I know it's been a long time since you and I last chatted. Yeah. Um, how do, how do my listeners find you? Where they, where can they follow along? Um, get to know more about you and share my bag. What what, what platforms? Yeah, first of all, our website, uh, isharemybag.com. And then, mm -hmm. of course, the social media. Uh, you can find uh, share underscore my underscore bag on Instagram, Facebook. But for sure, Instagram is our main platform. Okay. Well, I will make sure to have the website and the Instagram 
uh, handle uh, on there so people can yeah. look and find. Um, and Sylvia, thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank Bear Nation, you. until next time, stay well. Bear Nation, once again, thank you for listening to the Bear Necessities of Entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. And until next time, take care.